Hey dorks, just a quick message reminding you to head over to twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast and give us a follow. We live stream when we record our new podcast episodes, and we're live streaming video game sessions on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. We're playing super rad stuff like Among Us, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Jackbox Games, and Tabletop Simulator. Come hang out and play along with us. That's twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Mind Gap Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. We're thrilled, absolutely blessed, absolutely just secure in our manhood to be here with you today. Mm. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Brother! How was your week, bud? How you doing? Thus far? That's good. Great week. Already I got to do push-ups and sit-ups? I ah, should. shit. You know what, Tim? I respect that. Thank you. I will get to See, that. Here's the thing with these. We're going to deviate real quick. These are so much less fun now. <laughs> these rewards make you do 10 push-ups and sit-ups. That's, that's bullshit now. Uh, need to come. Now we need to flip it, and it's like now you eat, need to eat three cheese danishes. How dare you? How dare that's you? That's what it needs to be. No. Yeah. No, that's false. It's false. We need to get some, we need to get some uh, rewards that actually harm me. Hurt hurt you yeah, yeah exactly nothing that makes you better right it's like celebrity hmm. we've we've been behind you we've built you up to this plateau now that you're succeeding now we need to tear you back tear down. you back down and then we can do this like we celebrity. can do the the underdog story you know yes this yeah. is doug's 15 minutes of fame here we go ta-da yeah. <laughs> ta so pretty uh, uh pretty mad week so far it's uh you know work is uh work is a little cuckoo banana pants right now um Ooh, banana yeah. pants, woo woo woo. It's it's not it's not great, but you know what? It's also uh, not something I want to bring everyone down with. So, Doug, how's your week going? Uh this is going to be a pretty busy week. It's already been busy today. Um, yeah. I did a guest spot on another podcast. I was yes, on. You did. You you haven't heard this music podcast? We've talked about them before. Old Richie and Wayne, very good human beings. Um, Wayne, God bless him, uh, was having heart surgery. Uh, because he had a stroke last year, That's so right. he was getting that stuff taken care of, and Richie was flying solo, so he put out a call to see if there would be anyone that could help him co-host. Uh, he reached out to us. I was like, I'll do this, because it was, you know, hey, Married with Gaming, welcome to the live show, my friend. Welcome here. Um, so he invited me, and then he invited uh, two other uh, guys from podcasts, podcast, podcasts, and he had uh, an artist on, um, Name is already failing me because she it's it's like I don't I can't say I stared at her name um that well, was posted on her Instagram page it says uh hold on I'm getting to it it says uh pink haired pop goth with name that's a pain to pronounce I think it's Ailsha A I L S H A she's Irish yes. right yes 
from the land of dark side. Yeah. And it was one of those things. Exactly. And it was one of those things where, um, no matter how many times I heard Richie say it, I just like, Ailsha, is it Ailsha? <laughs> you went full Missouri on her. Hey, Ailsha. Um, Ailsha. She was awesome. Like it was, it was a really good show. I had a lot of fun. Um, it was, uh, Mike, Liam, Liam was from the flawless, uh, album podcast where essentially what they do is each each episode they pick an album that they think is flawless and they debate it and they figure out how flawless is it what is it and what are the criteria for it yeah um which was really cool and uh mike That's a great concept for a fucking podcast i love that and mike was a part of the uh new music saturday podcast where basically they just you know uh, record or they basically showcase it, it, richie's like i don't want to promote you too much because you're basically competition but essentially they they find New music and, and promote it. And for some reason, they're like, hey, Doug, do you want to be on this? And I'm like, cool. You guys want to listen to our fart soundboard? Um, pretty awesome. Wait, so you got an invite to be on another one? No, 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 no. I was just like, oh. you have these very musical people oh. and then there's me. Like, we do a fart soundboard. It's pretty cool. It's got some juicy ones. <laughs> it's musical. It? Yeah. Saying. Percussion. A little bit Percussion? of brass. Woodwind. Yep. I don't know. That's your woodwind. But I got to give this to Richie because Richie... Always impressed me. First of all, if you guys go follow him, uh, you haven't heard this music podcast at Y H H T M P. They uh, they actually are on Twitch. Richie will he only like goes live for like about ten minutes at a time, showcasing music and stuff like that. Um, but we've got the Doug Hate stuff song. That's true. We do. We do have That's the true. Doug Hate stuff song. We do have a lot of music. We do have some musical components, originals. Um, but uh, go check them out. They're wonderful. And the Practical Doug song, you're absolutely right. And also, yeah, so you guys are all over this. You know what's going on. Uh, but what I love is... the throwdown, too. The throwdown? What I loved is that Richie tried to incorporate different elements from all of our podcasts into the show. And one of them, uh, when it came to us, he came up with the ideas like we were going to do a throwdown between uh, U.S. rock, British rock, uh, Irish rock, and Australian rock. Because Liam is from Australia. Ooh, I was like, where are you from in Australia? I know an Australian guy. He's like, I'm from Brisbane. I'm like, my friend's from Perth. He's like, that's on the other side of the the country from us. But that's You're cool. You're from Australia, huh? Do you, Do you know, know Jared? Jared? <laughs> Love that. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, my, my dad's family's from Perth. I'm like, cool. Do they know Jared? Do they know the Blue <laughs> Rue? They were staying at the, they were eating at the Blue Rue? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. but um when it was our time it was time because he would like sort of weave in our stuff he's like and you know speaking of this let's check this out and he had pulled a video and audio clip of our last week's episode of us playing the throwdown song and me going like this it was like doing air guitar it was amazing yeah. i was like you know richie i talked to justin and he was like does does richie need the audio file for that i go if i know richie He's got this covered, and sure enough, he delivered. He had um, it covered. Yeah, he had it covered. But it was an awesome. It was an awesome show. It was really cool. Um, already forgot her name again. Uh, Elsha. Hi, Elsha. She's great. Uh, she was really cool. She has some really cool music. I'm actually going to share her Spotify channel in our uh, Discord, and also we'll put nice. it in the we'll put it in the show notes too because it was just really cool. Was, she's a really she's a really cool artist. Does all this stuff just from her home studio. It sounds amazing. You would have thought she had gone to like a recording studio. Like she's just she does some really cool, fun pop stuff. It's it's really cool. I highly That's recommend incredible. it. She her she has a she has a, a song called F Boy, which is basically like fuck boy. And uh, nice. it's very cool. So she actually has a new single coming out this week, this Friday, that she's gonna be releasing on Spotify. So really cool stuff. But I think the whole episode comes out uh next week. So we'll be promoting cool. it on our socials and it was really fun. 
uh, spending a couple hours with those all those folks. It's great to network, you know? It really is. This is like uh, the non-gross version of when you go to a networking event. Yeah. Or LinkedIn. Right. And they're all very yeah. cool, very fun. It was very enjoyable. And Richie, of course, as always, is, is a dude. Yeah. It was a good time. It was a good time. Really I always uh, I, I appreciate his uh, the the shit that he gives during the show. Mm-hmm. He's a master shit giver, and it makes me endlessly happy. He was a lot less shit giving this time because he <laughs> was doing like he doesn't typically do like a lot of the video stuff. So he was super overwhelmed trying sure. to manage everything. <laughs> I so can dig that. he was very much like ah, but he yeah. did he did a phenomenal job. He was I don't know yeah. how you do this, Doug. I'm like he goes he goes because we edit our show. I'm like we don't. We just shoot from the hip and release it, and that's how that's it goes. Right. I go, that's our wheelhouse. We have an outline, and we roll with that, and we just pull on tethers, and we see where things land, and that's what yeah. we do. So, But, uh, yeah, he's, 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 a, he's a good dude, that Richie, and I was thrilled to be on Dare I say he might be my favorite person in England. Ooh, look at that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Mind gap. Bigger, longer, and uncut. Talking about. There it is. There it is. Mazel. Mazel tov. Uh... Yeah, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Let's get this. Yeah. Let's get this shit on the road. Housekeeping. So, uh, if you don't already, check us out on Spotify, amongst other places. But we exist on Spotify, so uh, give a listen to us there, um, as well as whatever else you got going on. Just check us out on Spotify. Also, feel free to join our Discord server. Uh, head over to Twitch.tv/MindGapPodcast. In the About section, you'll see a little little tab that says Discord. Just click on that little header, and it'll take you right on over to our Discord. Join our family. We got a new uh, a new member this 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 past weekend. Uh, a new a new feller a new feller came by. Uh, it was really cool. He was actually um, chatting with us on the. Uh, I was doing the. I'm trying to find his name. Oh yeah, <laughs> name is the Eye of Wah in our Discord, but he went by a different name. Uh, in the chat but uh really cool guys and, and, and we just have a really good time in our discord uh we share lots of fun memes zenny is our our, our lead meme distributor she's great mm-hmm. uh we we have a looking for group channel so if you're looking to set up some game time with with everyone else you can do that we have a fan art and, and self-promotion channel recipes uh just all around good people good good stuff people hanging and out we might we might be getting very soon. We might be getting a channel dedicated to Pokemon erotic fan erotica. So yeah, I hope so. Just putting it out there. You guys need to join this discord. We also got podcast stuff on there. So if you want to ask practical Doug, if you want to suggest guests or suggest throwdowns, I've actually had some interesting like suggestions of throwdowns. Rolo has been active in there, which I love. And uh, he had a really good one that's been living in my brain, which it was, it was Hulk versus King Kong. And I was like, I really like that. Like, Ooh, well, just no one, no fun. one, no one go anywhere with it yet, because maybe yeah, it will yeah. come up. But like, I had a lot of thoughts. That's fun. That's in, that's a really interesting. I was one. like, hmm, interesting. Uh, so yeah. yeah, come check us out on Discord. Join join the Discord family. We'd love to have you. Um, we also have our merch available on Redbubble. Head over to redbubble.com, Type in Mind Gap Podcast into the search function. And uh, you'll find three of our designs on there. We've got the classic logo. We've got the spray paint logo. And we've got the I will haunt your butt logo. I will haunt your butt. Just yes. In for Halloween. Just in time for Halloween. Pick yourself up something nice. Pick yourself up a t-shirt. We've got hats. We've got tote bags. We've got mugs. We've got all sorts of shit um, that you can pick up there. Um, go go grab yourself something nice. 
uh, and, and, and support the podcast and, and help promote our stuff. And of course, Saturdays, uh, we have our video game live stream where I host uh, a couple hours of video games. And it's uh, twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast, uh, 8 p.m. Central Time. We also live stream our podcast on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, come hang out. Uh, Saturdays are always a lot of fun. It's definitely a uh, variety stream. Um, I don't necessarily play one game. In fact, every week I'm always I'm typically switching it up. I rarely play the same game. I don't know if I've ever played the same game two weeks in a row. To be honest with you, I'm always yeah. always changing it up. Last weekend I was playing a Monster Train, mm-hmm. which is a deck building roguelike game, which sounds like a bunch of nonsense, uh, but it is. Super fun. I don't like deck building games at all. I suck at them. I don't have the capacity to... It's like playing 3D chess and I I don't have the capacity for it. But this one's really fun. It's kind of like a tower defense. Essentially, the conceit is... Which those you love. I love tower defense games. Um, You're essentially... You are the, the minions of hell. Hell is frozen over. And you are trying to drive your train to the center of hell to reignite the fires, but the forces of heaven are trying to stop you, so they're constantly invading your train, and you have to try and stop them using cards from your deck, and it's very entertaining. And what's great about this game is what I call the hive mind approach, in which what I did for the stream is I had Tint, I had Slotty, and I had Alpaca, and I also had our new guy, uh, the Eye of Wah, uh, in the chat. We're all like helping me coaching me guiding me into into doing well and i had two very successful runs because of them trying out new stuff because they were all thinking at all the angles that i couldn't think of and it was such a great fun way to play the game and i had an absolute blast so um that's that could be you hanging out with me saturday night 8 p.m central time come hang out with us It's, it's it's so much fun come get some come get some and uh kids say Noah suggested one, which I think he's literally playing right now uh, in our Discord. It's uh, called Inscription, and it's a similar sort of like deck building game. It looks fascinating. It's like a kind of a spooky game where you are trapped in a cabin playing a card game with a monster, and you have to try and win and figure out what's going on to escape. And I watched the trailer for it today, and I was like, you know what? I think I know what I'm streaming this Saturday. So I'm probably going to be terrible at it. But I don't know. It looks spooky. It's Halloween weekend. Seems like a good fit. Why not? Got to do it, right? Got to do it. So I'm really much, I'm very much looking forward to that. Fucking A. Fucking A. Fucking A, bro. Oh, fucking A. Um, so I got a question for you. Yeah, what's up? What's Natalie doing for Halloween this year? What do you mean? What's she doing? What's she dressing up as? Yes. What's the costume? She's going to be Rapunzel from nice. Tangled. Nice. That's, she's that's, super pumped. That might be one of Beth's, if not the favorite, one of her favorite Disney movies. I have to, I have to be honest. Like It is definitely a good... It's better than I thought it would be. Honestly, a lot of that shit, although I'll say Frozen didn't do it for me. No. Frozen 2 is not bad. Frozen 1, I was just like, nah, just this isn't working for me. Um, but I did really enjoy um, Tangled. Also, when yeah. Natalie was in the hospital, uh, she watched that a lot. So, <laughs> Jervis says Tangled is better than Frozen. We agree there, sir. Right. I like it a lot. Ta- throwing it right now. Tangled is better than Frozen. Change my mind. <laughs> Change my mind. There you go. Show me what you're working with. Uh, 
but yeah, I it's she's she's there was a show, an animated show actually, like continuing the story of, of Rapunzel on Disney Plus, and Natalie was watching okay. it and got really into it. I would say right now, I don't know if she's super into it. Uh, but she's like, super excited to be Rapunzel, so that's all that matters. Yeah, awesome. Kids at this age, it's like, who knows, man? You know, like it, that shit changes so quick. Yeah, it's like anything's possible. So yeah, it, anything's possible at this point. Who knows, like what what you want to do? And like, I asked her earlier, I'm like, what do you want to be? And she's like, I want to be Owlet. I'm like, you were Owlet last year, two years ago. Or like, no, we're not gonna do the same thing. Fuck you. And oh. then <laughs> try again. <laughs> Fuck you, daughter. I love. Fuck no. you. I love you, but fuck you. I'm not doing it. <clears throat> Is that. Owlette from that one uh, insufferable show that... Uh... Yeah, PJ Masks. Oh, PJ Masks. Oh, that insufferable. This, all of them are insufferable. Oh, uh, she's apparently been... Except, except Bluey, which you should watch. I'm not going to watch Bluey. Won't do I'm it. Just saying. Uh, she apparently started watching this. This uh, th- It was everything I feared about kids' shows. There was this movie. I think it was on Netflix, and it was live action. And it was about, like, kids who were fighting off aliens and being superheroes. And Pedro Pascal was in it. Um, what happened, Pedro? Uh, I mean, whatever. He, you know, he, he seemed like he's doing the best stuff. Uh, and I fortunately was doing stuff. And I didn't have to watch it. Jill was just like, uh, this is, I go, this is everything I feared. I don't, these are the movies that suck. I don't want to have, I can handle a lot of stuff where I'm like, nah, it's not bad or whatever. Right. It's, it's mildly enjoyable, but I'm like, those are the ones I, I you were, dread. You were worried when this age came that she'd be watching these, the what used to be Disney Channel movies. Yeah. Not Disney Plus, but when it was Disney Channel. Yeah. yeah. And everyone knows which ones we're talking about. Ashley Willow says, I think I was Aurora multiple times, multiple years in a row around her age, to be fair. Who's Aurora? I feel like I know that, but I don't. Princess Aurora? Princess Aurora Borealis? Aurora? Oh, I feel like I should know that. I, I, it sounds familiar. I don't even know if it's a princess. We're yeah. just saying princess. Or I know. That was, that was Sleeping really... Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping. That's right. Oh, okay. That's okay, right. Okay. 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 Yeah, I get you. Okay. I love it, Mary, with the game of Sleeping Beauty, dummy. Nally was watching that for a while, and I was like, yeah, we, we could stop watching this one. Um, once it's, oof, boy. Don't like There's that no, one either. Nope. No, no bueno, huh? Nope. Not a fan. Nope. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that was just, I don't know, it's just weird. Yeah. Weird one. But, uh, yeah, so what she's the, she's jacked. What's the other show? Well, I'm glad she's jacked. That's awesome. She's uh, super pumped. Are, and do you guys have the everything mapped out where you're going to go? Do any of your neighbors do the full-size candy bars, like the, the premium houses that you have to hit? Um, I mean, she, uh, more or less, like, I want to ask her if she wants to go to the more spooky, decorated houses. And she doesn't really care. I mean, she goes, I'm going to lead us. I'm like, okay. You just pick where you, wherever you want to go. That works for me. Nice. And uh, she gets pretty, you know, she was, I was like, well, what if we, she's like, dad, I don't know if I want to go to the spooky one. I'm like, okay, cool. Go to the spooky one. Got it. She's like, no, don't want to go to the spooky one. I'm like, cool. Go to the spooky one. Got it. She's like, dad, no. I was like, well, what if I want to go? She says, well, I'm leading us. So like, all right. Nice. Works. Like, Is Loki dressing up? Uh, no. That sounds like a real nightmare. Try and and also, uh, you know, I I feel like maybe that's not fair to her, you know, because she can't pick what costume she wants. Well, it's just you know, I've, I just don't think she she doesn't like getting her harness put on. So I feel like, but who knows, you know, maybe you you should buy a uh, you should buy a Loki uh, costume. 
Loki dog costume. Uh, what? What? I don't know. I don't want to do that. Oh, Doug. I think here's the thing. I'm going to put it out to all of our listeners. If anyone wants to ship that to Doug, feel free. Yeah, get it done quick. <laughs> get it done quick. Get it. I mean, we all know what's happening with those freighters, so you better get it done real quick. Get done real fast, because uh, <laughs> shit's going down. Going, yeah, it's man. going downtown. Yeah, big time. Downtown, Julie Brown. We're going to uh, we're going to go up to my sister in law's place, and uh, she's out of town. We're going to be hanging out with my father in law up there and hand, handing out candy to the uh, the neighborhood kitties. So I haven't gotten to distribute candy in years, and I'm very excited to have trick or treaters come by. I always thought living in a high rise, and we've talked about this before. It's a it's ridiculous that no one trick or treats in this building. No kids. If you were a kid and I lived, if I was a kid and I lived in the high rise, I it. How many? It's forty three floors, sixteen apartments per floor. That's all the candy you could ever want, right there, consolidated. Um, how many kids live in your building? I don't know. Some. <laughs> I've um, seen little people running around. I, yeah, when I lived in the high rises, I never saw kids. You know, no, ever. I don't think we lived in really a lot of family-oriented places, so I don't think it really happened. And then if we, I'm I think, I think one year we we if we wanted to, we would get something to identify that we were participating. But okay. Yeah, I never saw any trick-or-treaters in the high rise. I'm just excited to pass candy back out again because I used to love doing that. Yeah. Uh, when I was down at my dad's uh, for college for a couple years. Yeah. That was my favorite part. Was just kind of. I, they came to the door scaring. Them. I used to one year I, I sat on the roof right next to right above where the door was. And I had a mask on and I had some um, I pulled some straw out of a, uh, a broom, stuck it up my sleeve. And I sat there right on the roof. And as soon as they came by, I started banging on the gutter and they would just take off running. Oh, that's awesome. It was amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. Jared says if Doug paints his head like a basketball, Loki could be air, bud. Very true. Could Actually, I'm into this more. Right, I like this idea. Yeah, uh, Jared says kids would get lost in your building. I went to see uh, Chris and Jeans when they lived in that building twice, and the hallways always looked the same. It's absolutely true. Oh yeah, no, this building would be great because the thing is, then you're in The Shining. Exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely in The Shining. <laughs> but yeah, Natalie is so pumped uh, for Halloween. That's awesome. She's super excited. I'm also glad it's on the weekend, so um, you know we can start yeah. an earlier time. And cause the, the only downside is like we're probably not gonna be able to hand out candy because we're gonna be out with Natalie. So right. we'll probably just leave out a bucket of candy, and you know the kids can go hog wild with it. Really cool. I picked up yeah. a couple bags from Costco, so we got candy to spare. So. That's awesome. Well, the thing is too, you're gonna hit the because I feel like kids goes goes in waves, right? Like there's Natalie's age and younger. And then there's like just above Natalie's age to like, you know, maybe high school. And then and they they tend to go a little bit later, maybe an hour or two later. And then the high school age kids go out late at night and they're the ones I can't stand. You're in high school. Stop trick or treating. Yeah. My parents made a big deal. I think it was like even when we were in junior high, they're like, yeah, you guys aren't doing this anymore. Like (laughs) you're you're too old. Not. Yeah. 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 Which which, which I basically got to sixth or seventh grade. Like, we're good. You're done now. And also, even when I was younger, too, I also understood the uh, the agitation of like everyone's excited. People are running around the neighborhood. They're doing it. And then at nine o'clock at night, you still got people ringing their doorbell asking for candy. I'm like, you're getting whoppers or what are those? I'll take them. I'll take them. Oh, that's right. You like those. I like them. You're getting something gross. Like almond joys. You're getting a penny. Yeah. And and a swift kick in the ass. Get off my property. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Here's a do not buy a boat booklet that I wrote. <laughs> Here's a pamphlet. Yeah. 
There you go. It's Enjoy called, yourself. Do not buy a boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was funny because Natalie uh, asked to go to a playground today, which I was like, you know what? Let's do it. We don't have much time left. And she it, she yeah. found another girl there, and they instantly were like, we're buddies. And the best part was uh, this this girl's grandmother was like, Layla, be careful. And then Natalie immediately goes, hi, Layla. I'm Natalie. And Layla just stares at her and goes, how do you know my name? Like, just... <laughs> Didn't take in the fact that her grandmother just yelled it, and Natalie, being very astute, heard it, and yeah. they immediately started playing and having fun. And this girl, Layla, was a talker. Just a, that's awesome. Just talk, 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 talk. And your grandma yeah. was like, she's a talker. She's she was talking. just going and going and going. And then finally, I was like, all right, kiddo, we got to get going. And Natalie was like, you know, we said bye and everything, and and uh, the girl was just talking, talking, talking. Natalie's like, all right, see you tomorrow. And I was like, I, the girl's like, I, I won't be here tomorrow because my dad, he. He drops me off, and then my grandma, she picks me. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm like, all right, well, well, if we don't see you, you know, have a great Halloween. And then she was like, Halloween? And she just starts talking, talking, talking about Halloween, how she's going to get all the candy. And she's like, wait, before you go, talking to Natalie, I need to tell you something. She's telling her all about the candy that she got. And then, you know, Natalie's like, yeah, it's only six days away. And then Layla goes, no, it's it's only five. And Natalie was running to the car. She's like, it's six. I go, actually, it's five. And she stops. She goes, oh. And she turns back, she goes, you were right. It's five. <laughs> I was like, God bless you. I love that. So she's counting down the days. She's super excited, which is, That's which is really awesome, cool. Man. Yeah. I, um, I, I look forward to it. Yeah. It's, it brings a whole different uh, level to the holiday when you've got a kid that, that gets super fucking pumped for that. That's awesome. I remember I loving Halloween. So I don't know. Yeah. So I, I remember getting super pumped for Halloween. Mm-hmm. So I can only yeah. imagine, you know, what it was like for her. So it's pretty cool. On the topic of boats, real quick, you've ruined anything having to do with boats for me for the rest of my life. I'm watching the show on uh, uh, Showtime called Billions with yes. uh, Damian Lewis and Paul Giamatti. And in season one, Damian Lewis buys this yacht, like a you know, hundred million dollar <laughs> uh-huh. yacht or whatever. And they had it, they picked out, they customized it from you know top to top to tail, and and it was the had it shipped from whatever country and beautiful thing in it they're really excited for this boat and he he kept talking about it and then they were taking a uh a small um you know jet boat or what, whatever they call them out there a dinghy a jet, a jet boat it's not a thing a um, jet ski a speed boat that's the one they were taking a small speed boat out there and as they were approaching it they had this beautiful glamour shot from the front of the bow of the speed boat and the only thing i could think of was that's a depreciating asset anyone in finance should know that right and I was like, God, and I paused it. And I went, God damn it, Doug. God damn it. You have ruined boats in movies, in TV shows, in real life. You have ruined them for me. Listen, I'll say this. If you have fuck, fuck you. if you have fuck off money, buy a boat, you know, <laughs> buy one. Go crazy. Yeah. Because if you can buy a fucking yacht, you have you have nothing to worry about. You're good to go. It's, it's, oh, so that's where you're that's where the stance changes. Of course. Okay. Of course. If you have fuck off money. Go buy your fucking jet, which is also a terrible investment. You know, like, whatever. If you can afford yeah. it, fucking go for it. But, okay. you know, in general, I'm just like, hey, I mean, like, don't buy a bunch of cars either. It's a terrible idea. Like, just, just don't do it. Practical Doug has spoken. <laughs> Speaking of practical, um, yeah. there's a great, great um, video that... Uh, I saw and that also Noah shared in our Discord from the Corridor crew. And very funny, 
that uh, Noah should share that because the reason why Noah became our friend is because a couple years ago I fucked up posting about a cool video that I saw through the movie news website Collider about Corridor Crew, who is like essentially a production studio and a YouTube channel. And I said, check out this cool video from Collider. And Corridor Crew replied, Collider? And it turned into this whole thing where actually we got a lot of traffic on a stupid tweet that I that I posted. And it was cool one day and the next day it turned very, I don't want to say violent, but it got very angry. It was bizarre though, because you and I actually talked about it. We're like, wow, like <clears throat> we, I mean, our phone just kept dinging. And you and I were talking about like, wow, I'm surprised everyone's being so cool about this. And we woke up and literally it's like someone flipped a switch and they were like, all right, the nice people, you're done. Now we're opening the comment section for all the trolls and the vitriol that was cast our way was intense. Yeah. Intense. And, and then you were like, we're, we're attributing the, I mean, come on. And you, and you were like, Hey, should we keep the tweet? Should we delete it? I was like, fucking delete it, man. Let's look at the, make this go away. Like, and just make repost it. Away. Yeah. And Justin deleted it. And he reposted, he's like, you know, hey, here's the correct, you know, thing. And he, he ended with a hashtag, credit where credit's due. And then Justin started getting shit. They're like, first of all, they're like, oh, you guys don't even mean it. You guys are just trying to, you know, ride on these guys' coattails and yada, yada, yada. Like, they were just totally manufacturing right. our intentions. And then they were getting on Justin's ass because he's like, that's not even how that hashtag's supposed to be used. It's like, what? I've never right. felt more ignorant about the internet than in that moment where I was like, because I had posted it, and then I had to go to a meeting at work with some senior-level people, and my phone just kept buzzing. And I was like, what the fuck is <laughs> happening? I realized right before the meeting started, I'm like, oh, I fucked up. And there was just buzz, 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 yeah. buzz, buzz, just happening. And I was just sitting there for an hour like, oh, my God, make it stop. And then when the bad stuff happened, I was like, I don't know how to make this right, guys. I really don't. Right. Like, I, and well, it's one of those teams. It's one of those things. And God, for fuck's sake, this is such small potatoes in oh, regards yeah. to what some people deal with. It yeah. was, we're talking about under a thousand comments, probably, which for oh, us undoubtedly. is humongous. I would say still, probably like, under a hundred comments. You know, it wasn't. Oh, no, no, no. That thing got up. I, we, okay. Two hundred comments. I mean, I can't imagine it was much more than that. I'm probably this is Doug, you know, sitting then going like we didn't get each. It was ten. It was ten people. It was you know? Ten comments. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, there was some significant traffic on it between the the likes, the comments, the whatevers, the retweets, and yada yada. But uh, small potatoes in that. But we're like, we don't. This is where we would turn to an HR or a, a PR person and go, okay, what do we do? Do we leave it up? Do we put a mess like? How do you handle that? And Doug and I was like, fuck it, torch it. Let's just delete it. And because remember, we debated. We're like, well, is this the wrong thing to if we delete it? Will we get called out if we delete? Like you and I deliberated for a ridiculous amount of time and we were so nervous. Like we we're like, whatever we do, there's consequences. Yeah. But the whole point of that story is throughout all of that, yeah. Noah found us. And so. Uh, Which is a good thing. A yes. shining light that came. Noah's like, that, yeah, I saw you guys. Dark, dark time post this really weird thing and it he started like communicating with us and it was yeah. it was it was awesome oh man that tweet feels so recent it was years yeah i mean i was yeah. still i was two jobs ago two companies ago yeah so yeah it was it, it's been a minute we still doing this in the basement of a, of it, a bar. it was at least two years ago so i know that much maybe more maybe closer to three years ago yeah and uh noah reached out and just started chatting with us and it was like oh cool and throughout all that we got no, so it's it's it just seems great that Noah posted this again because Noah is a film guy, and yeah. um, 
whole point of this saying, you know, like practicality and things like that. Uh, they posted this amazing video on their YouTube channel. Uh, and it was this is Collider. Uh, no, this is Corridor. Sorry. How My dare bad. you, you motherfucker. <laughs> uh, they did. They made their own short film and it was uh, based on the, the, the it was we asked a sword expert to make a realistic lightsaber fight. So that's like a 20 minute video where they they go and they break down how essentially they, they they're they're just saying like you know lightsaber fights and and just duels in general like we want to try and make it better they just you know, their, their argument was that lightsaber fights have become more flourish than practical and they're like what if we got like this expert to help us choreograph and film it and they took you through like the choreography and then they took you through how they filmed it and then they took you through the practice like their their effects on how they made it work and it was a really cool video this guy that they brought in, the sword expert, was fucking awesome. Like, yeah. he was, because this is the kind of guy, when you bring in someone to consult on a project, this is the kind of guy that you want to bring in. Because he was, he started first and foremost, he's like, okay, let's talk about the type of sword they're using. It's an energy sword. It's light and plasma and energy. It, it's weightless. Why in the films are they swinging it at each other so hard? I just need to tap you on the shoulder and it's going to cut right through you. So he's like, we need to model the style of this fight off of the fact that these swords are weightless. And I was like, I paused it. And I'm like, right there. This is fucking amazing. Yeah. Like the fact that you think of that. So and then from there, the stuff that he was getting into about distance and uh, flourishes and all this other stuff and just breaking down what he liked, what he didn't like, what it would look like in real life. It was fuck. It was legitimately fascinating. What I loved is, you know, he talked about just, you know, these different movements and, and how it should be. And, and he goes, you know, if you if we were in a movie, what we would try to do is this. And he added a whole bunch of flourishes and he goes, I, I, I'm going to do that again. I want this other guy who I'm showing is basically his student or the person he's working with. He's going to show you all the different ways that I would basically get screwed along the way. And he did his he did the motion in slow motion. The guy's like here, 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 here. He goes five different ways. He would have cut off both my hands and then murdered me. And right. I really appreciated that because there are some overly acrobatic stuff especially in the prequel star wars films yeah and especially episode three where like uh obi-wan and anakin are doing this giant flourish at the end it's like this is so over the top stupid for yeah. what they're doing and i'm not saying everything has to be practical i get there needs to be a little bit of like magnificence i really enjoyed the lightsaber fights in the newer trilogy of star wars yeah. because they felt more emotional they felt more aggressive than the prequels that felt just clinical and sterile yes and like very much so. ding 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 we could hit the we hit all these marks and do all this sort of stuff it didn't feel natural whereas at least especially in like that throne room scene in, in episode eight where ray and, and kylo are are just like you know just going after the the red guard and stuff like that it was it was really cool but i also appreciate the fact that this is acrobatic it's there to be intense but what i appreciated right. about what these guys did was they made their own version of that and it was still really cool there was tension yeah there was suspense there was like oh shit there's danger and they did yeah. it in their own way and um well, you know one of the swordsmen that they had in in when they got to the next phase the actual production phase of it he was talking about how in this 
you can see the uh, you can see the the story unfold through the sword fighting. Yes. And I thought that was really interesting when he said, I'm like, yeah, that's what this is. You're supposed to see the swords themselves are telling the story about who's on top, who's, uh, you know, who's dominant, who's uh, submissive, who's this, this, this and this. And it's it was interesting to see that they could put that in there, whereas a lot of times I didn't even think about that. A lot of the times in swashbuckling movies and everything, it's just a lot of big fucking movements. And, you know, it's it would never happen. That That's never how you're going to fight. Exactly. I'm just showing a little bit of the video right now. I've, I have the yeah. audio cut off and stuff like that. But it's just it's really cool to kind of just see, you know, kind of like how they put it together and what it looks like. What I love, too, is they also took you through the camera stuff that they used because they had yes. a very oh, minimal crew with with a really cool camera. That yeah. it wasn't a steady cam, it was like a new type of camera, which was really, really cool. And they also showed you like how they made the lightsabers, what they how they used their practical effects to also coordinate really well with their special effects, their visual effects, and yeah. which I appreciated, like the different ways they created, like as the lightsabers hit each other, like the sparks and stuff, and why they added it. And 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 it, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. Yeah. And we'll um we'll post a link to it in our show notes and and uh, it's already in our Discord if anyone can watch it. Um, like I, I, I highly recommend, like yeah. the full twenty minute. Like how do they do this? You know, followed by you know how, um, you know the 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 actual short film that they put together was was yeah. really cool. And I watched it again tonight. I was like, God, this is really cool. <laughs> well, if you can, I love where you just paused it right there with the sparks flying yeah, out right? and everything. Um, I, uh, the, the thing that I thought was, was very cool was, was that tension that they were able to build in that too. Mm -hmm. Cause uh, <clears throat> if you watch, if you, uh, the, one of the things that the guy, the sword, uh, master swordsman was talking about is, you know, there's going to be, especially with these types of swords, there's going to be real danger. Like neither of you, one hit can, can kill you. So Neither of you want to just come in, just you know, ah, just swinging wildly. So there's this moment at the beginning where they're just they're kind of testing the waters and feeling each other out, and a couple very light taps of the sword just to kind of gauge where the other person is. And it's like you're not just kind of coming in hard and uh, you know just just swinging wildly. The other thing I thought was interesting is if you watch fencing in the Olympics, mm -hmm. no sword fight in any film including this one looks anything like an actual, sword, an yeah. actual sword fight. Like if you base the Olympics fencing off of, if you base anything else off of that, like sword fighting has always baffled me in cinema. Cause I always wonder when I was younger, I'm like, this is incredible for people to be able to predict where the thing, be able to block this and this. And then you watch the Olympics like, Oh no, it's just a quick flurry. And then someone gets stabbed. That's it. Yeah, it's there's there's no uh, there's no majesty to it. Well, that's which is why, you know, for the sake of storytelling, you understand right. why they had to dress it up. But it seems like it's almost gotten to the point now where it's taken on like the, the, the opposite end of the spectrum where it's yeah. purely just ridiculousness, which, again, I, I would say is that scene in episode three where Anakin and Obi-Wan are doing these ridiculous twirls behind their backs and there's a little bit of that in this video in the, in the shortly where this guy starts like really being flippant. Yeah. You see the, the teacher just roll their eyes and just stab him. Like it's just a little homage to Indiana Jones there too. Sure. Like it's, yeah. it's just, and that's the stuff that I, I, I really 
can appreciate in a sense of, you know, I think that's why I like the movie Drive so much with Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Is a lot of the physicality in that seemed very real and yeah. visceral. Like, oh, you're going to fight some people? Like, it's going to be pretty. Same thing with Fight Club, right? That elevator scene? Yeah. Brutal. Ooh. Brutal. Yeah. And, and Fight Club is the same way, right? You see, just yeah. there's just a lot of just, you know, the, the sound design wasn't. Whoops, whoops. It was right. like it sounded like fist hitting the fleshy meat of a body and just yeah. it was brutal, man. It was absolutely brutal. And I find that to be more interesting than the sort of, you know, I don't know, because there's there's an element to I, I think of like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. First one, you know, Curse of the Black Pearl. Fun. <clears throat> the second one, there's this ridiculous at the time. I was like, man, this is a really cool fight sequence like in, at the end where there's like a three way fight. But then at some point it's kind of turns into a Transformers. You're like, what is this going to end? Right. Like, right. How can we, like, it's like, and now they're on a spinning wheel that's going through the jungle and they're trying to, right. it's, it's, it just gets to the point where it's like, okay, all right, this has gone beyond. It's almost like a gratuitous sex scene. We're like, we get yeah. it. They're fucking. Can we move it's, on now? Like it's the director going, look at this next big set piece that I came up with. And sure, there's, there's a place for that, but yeah. You've got Fast and the Furious exists, be- you know. Fast and the Furious, exactly, yeah. We're driving cars on the moon. We get it. It mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. Sure, why not? But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's. I think splitting it up or doing it in a different way, but there it is. It's just a way for a director <clears throat> and or cinematographer to flex their muscles and be like, yeah, you know, I look, look at the cool set piece that we came up with, and people are going to ooh and ah over that, and it completely takes you out of the realism of it. Which in a high fantasy thing or in in, a, in the right type of movie can work because you're not playing in the realm of reality. But in something, I would I would argue like Pirates, there is a grounded element to it, even though you've got Davy Jones coming out. There's a mm-hmm. grounded element to it. And I feel like the sword fighting should be a little bit more grounded as well. well that's why I like some of the early Game of Thrones stuff, like especially yeah. when uh, Jamie Lannister duels uh, uh, John Bean. And, you know, yes, it's a very like it feels I'm sure there's a little bit of flourish to it, but it felt very real in the way that they were fighting each other. Yeah. Cool. And, um, you know, that that I think lends itself more credibility in a lot of ways, Um, especially in the show, because honestly, it depends. It depends on what you're doing. If you're doing a Fast and the Furious, fucking put a car on the moon. Who gives a shit? Do it like Mm -hmm. it's that's the world we're we're living in 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 something like Game of Thrones, where the danger is real. Where mm-hmm. the people that you like and care about in this show could die at any time, and it's all at the slice of a sword and something like that. Like some realistic combat makes sense. Right. You know, it's like, oh shit! Like, what's going to happen? Like, it, it really to my it's it's more impactful. Which yeah. kind of also leads me to the the video you shared with me today, also, which was all about um, a Jackie Chan and how to do action comedy. Great yeah. video on YouTube. It takes you through. How Jackie Chan is able to do both action and comedy in the in the, the the videos author basically posits, you know, there's there's directors that can do action, there's directors that can do comedy, very few can do both. And Jackie right. Chan is really good at that. And he really breaks down a lot of the elements that what make Jackie Chan stuff feel cool and feel yeah. realistic and feel both literally and figuratively impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, which a lot of it, I was like, oh shit. And, and these are the things where me, I, I'm a layman. It's simple thing is like how to frame the shot, you right. know, how to edit it accordingly. 
Well, if it's done right, though, you you shouldn't notice it. Even even like that, and it's a good thing that that layman or not, if it's done well, which Jackie Chan does it well, then you shouldn't notice it. You should get immersed in it, and it shouldn't be something that's cool. If it's not, to, if if you're picking it out, going, "Wow, that was a cool camera angle." It's probably not being done right. It's probably mm-hmm. not being you know edited and slid in the right way, but. You know, one of the things that I thought was really interesting, what they said, and this is from a very technical side, is uh, he took uh, frame by frame um, a, uh, a shot from um, Shanghai Noon, which is Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson, one that Jackie did not do. He was in it, but it was directed by a Western director uh, or a Western style director. And then they did one, um, I think it was Drunken Master or uh, Legend of Drunken Master. Um, which which was his film and done in the Eastern style of directing and, and editing. And he went frame by frame on when a hit happens. And on the Western style, you see the punch coming in from one angle and right at the moment of impact, it cuts and you see the person's head going back. And so you never actually like, quote unquote, see or feel that impact with the Eastern style, with Jackie Chan's style, they'll cut about three frames before the impact happens. And then they'll, when they cut, they cut about three frames before the impact. So basically you're seeing the hit almost happen twice or they'll, no, I'm sorry. They, they cut on the punch, but when they cut, they cut to three frames back. So you are seeing the hit happen twice, but your eyes and your brain mesh the two together. It automatically does that like crossfade edit together and it makes it look like one fluid motion, but it's a lot more. It looks like this fucking guy's getting hit. You see, it looks like it you feel the impact. And they did yes. a really great similar breakdown from like Guardians of the Galaxy when uh, Nebula and uh, Gamora are fighting. And they're mm-hmm. just showing those edits where a lot of Western directors will cut, like you said, right before the impact. And when they, yeah. you, they cut to. Like after the impact, but there's a reaction. So you don't really see it or feel right. it. So it doesn't feel very real. It feels more rehearsed. Whereas when you watch Jackie Chan stuff, you're like, fucking hey, man. These guys right. are punching the shit out of each other. Like it feels that way. I used to, I mean, I was, when growing up, was a massive martial arts film fan. And I watched a ton of Jackie Chan stuff. And the one thing I always noticed was, and there's, there's a powder that they put on their feet and their hands so that when they hit, there's a little puff and, it just it looks impactful, and again, you first time you see it, you're like, "Well, that's odd. No one, no one has powder on their hands when they like. Why is yeah. why why is there puffs of white smoke everywhere?" And then you know, eventually, you just it it's just the style, uh, and it adds a little bit of an element. But you could you can actually see, and I was always blown away by this as a kid. You can see the hit happening. You can see the top of his foot hitting the guy's cheek, and the guy actually is is like. His mouth going to this. Uh, it looks like this guy's getting hit because he is. Well, it's also, a whole different level of doing it. They showed a great progression too in this in this video of him, like when he first started, what it looked like, and then like right. the '80s when he had his own stunt crew that he had practiced right. with. It just seemed he built seamless. Out his team that that was in his films because he yeah. he they they called it, it was like almost like a rhythm to a song. It was very much like they called like Chinese opera, where it's like as you it was it was essentially. They set up a tripod, they put the camera on with a wide shot, and they let it play out. There wasn't a lot of movement, there wasn't there wasn't shaky can. It's like we want you to see all this so you can as the viewer get the rhythm of what's happening. Right. And and what to do and oh. You know, hey, look who it is. Hey, sup. 
What's up, Richie? From I always want to say your mom's house podcast. It's not what it, it is. Looks it's, this, yeah, you haven't heard this music podcast, dude. What's up? It's late for you, sir. Thank you for yeah, dropping right? in. He told me he yeah. might drop in. I was like, you're a you're a night owl. So a, good to see you, pal. You're a trooper. Thanks for stopping by. Always good to see you. We're talking Jackie Chan films and why they look so awesome when they fight. Yeah. And um, I just I loved how this this guy broke it down. You know just bit by bit to showcase, you know, cause I, I, I always thought like when I watched the movie taken by Liam Neeson, yeah, I was like, Oh yeah. Liam Neeson is obviously getting old because th- his fights were edit, 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 jump cut, jump cut, jump cut, jump cut. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know right. what's happening, but it's sure as hell isn't Liam Neeson doing these fights. Like <laughs> without a doubt, this is just, you know, cutting to all sorts of shit. And well, that's, same with the Bourne movies. Like, yeah, it's, as young uh, as Matt Damon was, uh, you know, as capable as he was. And I'll say I felt like the first movie, it had its flaws in in the fight choreography, but I think it was far superior than the second movie. I just keep going back to the one. And this was the first time that I ever it took me out of the movie yeah. it was when I was in the theater watching the second one. And that scene happens where he's in the house and he rolls up a magazine and uses that. He's in Germany. He's, 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 in, sorry, he's in Germany, but I couldn't, I could not follow that. And I'm like, this isn't because I'm a, like an old man. This isn't because I'm, you know, unschooled in the ways of like, I was very young and I was, I was very into film. And I'm like, if I can't follow this, your average viewer or like my dad watching, there's no way like this is if, and I had there, I'm like, this is a flawed scene. This is a fundamentally flawed fight scene. Well, what a weird approach to be like let's move the camera a lot during the action it's like is that to give you the idea that it's chaos like i don't understand the that's exactly methodology behind it because it it was it was just very much like oh it was like watching uh battlefield earth and everything's at a dutch angle it's like why why is everything (laughs) 75 percent of this movie is like establishing shot dutch angle i'm like why like i don't it's someone who went to film school and learned what that was and went, I'll use this. We just joked that it was like that guy from Family Guy who just had like, you know, he had a, a lopsided, he had a short leg and a long leg. It's like, hey, Jimmy, <laughs> these uh, these stools, they're all lopsided. He goes, they seem fine to me. Clink clunk, clink clunk. <laughs> so imagine it was some guy who was just like, hey, it looks his good. Neck, his neck was just tilted. Yeah. Looks straight to me. And everything was yep. just Dutch. And they're like, well, we already filmed it. So we're good to go here. Well, the studio's already in for $40 million. We may as well move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also just appreciate the fact that they talked about how just Jackie Chan's characters in, in all the movies, like he starts out as like the underdog, you know, like yeah. some way he's handicapped, whether he's handcuffed to someone or whatever. He's got a bomb tape to his mouth or he's whatever. He's carry something. He's got it. Yeah. yeah something, something is inhibiting him and he's working his way back up. And, and one of the other points he says is he uses everyday objects. Like two, which everyone, you know, I remember the, I think it was Rumble in the Bronx when he was using yes. the ladder, you know, which that was insane. Such, that is still one of my favorite Jackie Chan. As far as like fight scenes go, I, that movie is bonkers. Yeah, I, yeah, that, that's absolutely. Uh, but yeah, chairs, just, there's like a photo studio. He's jumping through f- photo frames and just right. all this sort of stuff. Refrigerators and any, Yeah. Yeah, and they they also talked about like it was the little things that he would do where to him it was the matter of patience. Like he would he would take 150 takes to get this one thing just right. Yeah, 
And, you know, because they talk about, you know, in, in America, it's like we don't have time or the money for this. Whereas for right. him and his productions in Hong Kong, it's like, take all the time you need. Do whatever you right. do. It's your, it's your stuff to do. And I don't know, you know, kind of coupling that with what we were talking about with like this, this realistic lightsaber fight. Like there's something to me now that's special about that, especially if you have someone who is talented enough to pull it off. Like, like things like with Dwayne Johnson. I mean, he's mm-hmm. older now, but that guy yeah. has a professional wrestling background. Like, you know, right. <clears throat> so like, what are they, what are they? And I'm not saying everyone has to go do their own stunts. I mean, Jackie Chan fucking hurt himself. He is I famously. Think it's, I think he has confirmed that he has broken uh, every single bone in his body at least yeah. once. He's, yeah. yeah, brutal. Like, that's just what he did. I'm not saying that. And someone I'm, in the chat's going to go, well, he didn't break his neck. Sure. But pretty much, you know what I'm saying? Pretty yeah. much everybody broke his dick. Um, broke his dick bone. The thing. That's a fact. Yeah. Jackie Chan grabbing for an object and then being shocked at which unusual object he grabbed and then taking a beat before fighting with it is a trope that I love to see in every movie of his. Exactly. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Where he's like, all right, here we go. You know, Uh, okay. Yeah. I'll make do. Yeah. And I I think there's just something special about that. And I would love to see that more because I don't know. Americans are dumb. I'm not going to argue that bunch of dummies. But Shots I would fired, guys. I would appreciate it if maybe. I guess that's kind of what I liked about Christopher Nolan before I feel like he went off the deep end of pretentiousness, which is that he's like, I'm not going to hold your we hand. Need to, we need to spend an episode on that topic, but go ahead. Yeah, like when we got to tenant level, just absurdity. But you know, he didn't hold. He he didn't believe in holding the audience's hand. He believed he's right. like, you're gonna you're gonna be fine. Like, yeah, come along with me. You got this. I'm not going to spell it out for you because you're smart. And I respected that about him. You know, movies like Inception, The Prestige, you know, all the the Batman films and things like that. Like, he just was right. like, come along. And then, of course, we went to where we went. But I, it was just like with that with improv, you know, the idea of don't treat your, treat your characters and your audience smartly. Like, assume mm-hmm. that they're smart. Don't dumb it down for them. Because if you right. do that, they're going to be a step or two ahead of you. And that's bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, treat them you don't as want if they're getting smart. there yet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like in a lot of ways, I can see why people would pick apart a Marvel movie for that very reason. Absolutely. Or, or people would, would do anything like that where they're like, oh, yeah, you're just, you're catering. It's like, oh, people can't handle this or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's just a style that we're used to. But just the, seeing that video again just, uh, just reignited my love of Jackie Chan films and why I just, you watch them and you're like, this is unbelievable what they're right. doing in these sequences. Like it's so fast paced and it's, it's incredible. And yes, it's choreographed, but it, it's, it's visceral and it feels like something and it, that's special. And I really will, would love to find a way for us to do that. I feel like the difference in the choreographing to that point, I feel like the difference, cause that's, that's a good question. Like why star Wars being choreographed and Jackie Chan being choreographed, why do they feel so vastly different from each other? And I think it comes back to that Jackie Chan did it in one long shot, one wide shot. And it's equally as fast as the cuts from Star Wars. And yeah. it's, I think it's that, like, that's the difference is that, sure, it's choreographed, but there is an artistry to that choreography. And it really is a dance anyone can cut i could go out right now and cut a fight scene that would that would be equivalent to what star wars did in one two or three that's not that doesn't and i and 
Anyone who likes those movies, I'm sorry, but it doesn't take that much skill to do that. What takes skill is what the Corridor Digital guys did or what uh, Jackie Chan's doing. There are those movies where you can see and you're just like, fuck me, that was impressive. I think that's know why those scenes. I think that's why I love a good one shot, you know, a one yeah. take, you know, like just the idea of we're going to do three minutes like all Tony together. Ja. Yeah. Like, holy shit. That guy is he's, you know, he was he kind of took over the mantle for Jackie Chan for a little while. Yeah, it's 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 when you can see something like that and it's so well done, Like even if it's just dialogue, like a really good, like five six minute one shot with dialogue people's coming right. in coming out you're like god damn like this feels so real right and it's they're hard to do they're very hard to do but if you can do that with an action sequence and you're like holy shit yeah. like all this stuff is happening and you're like oh my god like that's why i think the movie 1917 felt so and we've talked i've already talked about this before but like it felt absolutely yeah real because it wasn't like <clears throat> oh we're gonna cut away it's like we're gonna follow the perspective of this one guy right through this war on one day and we're going to we're going to see what he's doing, what he's going through and it just it felt so much more impactful. And again, there's movies where that is perfect and there's other movies where like, I don't know, I love to I would love to see that in a Marvel movie, right? Like where we 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 had some of those more have you know, Aaron Sorkin direct a Marvel movie. It's no. it's just a 5 minute 10 minute walk and talk. Walk and talk. <laughs> Between, uh, yeah, between Cap Doctor and Strange and, you know, oh, Cap and Hulk, that'd be horrible. Oh, actually, Doctor Strange and Tony Stark, those would be the two that I would want in a five-minute walk and talk. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, th th I mean, and Jared says, are you saying uh, Jackie Chan should direct a Marvel film? Absolutely. I would have loved to see him direct uh, Shang-Chi. That would have been amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely, like just, yeah. Abs I, I, would, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. I, I want to have off. Sorkin write it. <laughs> Jackie Chan choreograph it and then have them co-direct it. Oh my god. There's there's the movie right there. There's the movie that will blow our collective minds. <laughs> have you wild. ever been in an actual fight? <sighs> we may have discussed this, but I can't remember. I I don't know if I'd call it a real fight. I don't think so. I've never really I've been punched. Um Sorry, but it was like that by the way. It's okay. I deserved it. Uh, I got punched like I was at the YMCA and this kid, this is going to sound really awful, but I'm going to give you context. He's right. dead. He died and the world's better for it. Um, but he was, uh, Wait, okay. <laughs> in my opinion, in my humble opinion, I think we're okay. Uh, he was, uh, he was, he was a bit of a menace in my opinion. Um, okay. And uh, he, yeah, he died of diabetic coma. Uh, but he, we were at the YMCA and we were playing basketball. Shit got dark real quick. It did. Did Doug murder a man? <laughs> I did not murder a man. All right. Sugar did. No. Yeah, sugar did. Um, but he was a kid who was like, he was on a lot of drugs in high school. He was a real troublemaker. He was a real asshole, uh, in my opinion. And um, yeah, it's, I was like, this is someone who is pure chaos. And, um, you know, you know, he passed away. People were like inviting me to the funeral. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I don't need to go to do that. It's fine. Like, right. he's gone and I'm okay with that. Uh, but the whole point was but, but we were one time at the Y. Why? One time at the Y we were playing and he was just like, he just got this look in his eye. He just came and just punched me across the face because I blocked his shot. And then he just laughed at me like the Joker. I just sort of took a step Jesus. back and I was like, uh, 
I just remember rubbing my cheek and he was just like, ha 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 ha. And I was like, uh, okay. Oh, like, I didn't know what to do. It was like yeah. in that scene in Fight Club where they're like, you know, in real life, most people <clears throat> don't want to fight. And it shows these people trying to pick fights with people and everyone's like, dude, what yeah. the fuck's going on? Like, I don't want to fight you. That's how I was. I was like, I, I thought we were just playing basketball, man. I, I don't, I, I thought we were cool. <laughs> so I, long story short, no, I've never actually been in a fight. Yeah. How about you? I, I got put, no, I, uh, same. Um, I got in grade school, got put, there was a kind of a bully in my grade school and I was standing in line waiting to go in like the morning you line up and you kind of wait to go into the classroom. You stand in line and I had my book bag in front of me and this guy came up, Steven is his name. He came up and pushed me and I fell over my bag and I like tore my pants, scraped my knee and it was bleeding. And I, I stood up, I remember turning around and I had my fist clenched and I was, I was squared up with him and I don't know why I didn't throw. I think I was too afraid of getting in trouble. I think that, that the fear of getting yelled at overtook the fear of me wanting to knock this kid out. And so I just, I, I stopped and grabbed my book bag and I went inside and uh, he ended up getting in trouble because obviously the teacher's like, what happened to your knee? I'm like, Steven pushed me. And I was just like, there you go. There's my punch, you know, fuck Mm -hmm. you. Um, But that was the closest that I ever came to like rage throwing like fists Uh, at a bar one time in Chicago. I got caught in the middle of a fight, which was very interesting. So there was these, I was at a, it was a bar that Milos, we were really young. He had just started his career in the industry. And he was, uh, he was doing uh, door for, um, for uh, it was Nick's Uptown. No, Nick's, on, well, Nick's Uptown is where it was. And he was doing the door. So he was, at the time, he was standing on this Apple box, kind of in the middle of the bar, just making sure everyone was, you know, minding their P's and Q's. Yeah. And uh, my buddy Mike and I were at this table. Mike went off to uh, get some money from the ATM. So I'm there alone, and all of a sudden, these two guys in front of uh, the table, ne- or in front of us, one guy reached over the table and pushed. Like they, you could tell they were arguing, and he pushed him. And the other guy, as he fell back, grabbed this guy and pulled him over the table. They both fell back into my table and tipped all the drinks onto me. And the table started to fall. So I wasn't trying to fight with them, but I pushed them away. And they started going at each other. One of their friends thought that I was in this. So he started to come around. And by this time, Milos had jumped off the apple box and he was on his way over. And he had radioed to the other door guys that were coming in to pull it away. And the whole time Mike is at the ATM, he's waiting for his money to come out. He keeps turning around. He's like, I got to fucking go. I got to be back up. What the fuck's going on? He's like, but I'm not just pulling like 60 bucks out for at the time was a lot of money yeah, for us. It still is. And so he's looking around. And thank God it didn't come to it. They everyone got pulled away before I got pushed into it. But that was the closest I came to like being in the middle of some some big shit, you know. Yeah. And undoubtedly, I would have gotten my ass kicked. I'm not. I'm not. You know, of any mind that I would have held my own. I've studied various forms of martial arts. I'm gonna uh, spill a dirty little secret that does nothing. You you're not ready for a fight, and anyone who tells you otherwise is lying. You're not ready. Yeah. To actually sit down in a street brawl, uh, you might you might have a leg up if it goes to the ground, but uh, like if you do grappling and stuff, you're undoubtedly going to get your ass kicked. It just yeah. Go on Reddit and look up the fight porn subreddit and just watch how most of these fights go down. Yeah, 
they don't go down the way you think they are. Yeah, I uh, now that you mentioned it, I did I did punch a kid on the bus in fourth grade um, because he and a bunch of other kids were like giving me a hard time, kind of yeah. bullying me, and this kid like sneezed on my jacket like on purpose. And I was I was sharing a seat with him, and like my back was to him, and he sneezed on on my jacket, and I just like had I saw just I had it white hot rage, and I did this. I went. <laughs> Because he was he was to my back, and I went like that, and I gave him yeah. the fist, and he like bounced off the the the, the window. Yeah, it's like ah, his nose started bleeding. They're like, "Why'd you punch him?" I was like, "Cause fuck you all." That's why. Like I was so mad. That's I was why. like, "What do you mean? Why? You guys are fucking harassing me." And the bus driver was like, "Did you punch him?" Like, yeah. He's like, "On the way home, you gotta sit in the front. like." Okay, and that was my punishment. That was your punishment. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Missouri Richie rules, says, baby. Missouri rules. Richie says, 15 years of Mai Tai got me out of a few scrapes. Let me clarify what I was saying. Yes, you might have a, again, you might have a leg up, and I'm sure uh, you're also just a fucking beast. So, 100%. I don't doubt that you would probably die. In 15 in years, it's a significant years. amount of time to right. uh, train. What I, what I mean is that a lot of people go in and study martial arts or whatever, thinking, or I don't know if I want to speak everyone. People do go into martial arts thinking I'm going to be like a Jackie Chan or a Jet. Like when the time comes to throw down, it's going to be cinematic and it never ends up that way. That is the point that I was trying to get across is if you think that martial arts is going to make you this like, you know, uh, again, the cinematic gorgeous fighter and eh, not going to be uh, not going to happen. And was you're that- not an you're not an arse, Richie. You're uh, a fucking God. I uh, that's right. He's small G. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I wrestled in junior high and high school and it's one of those things where, um, those rules are great. Uh, if everyone else plays by the same rules, there you go. Right. Um, although I will say there was a kid who got, you know, picked on a lot and he was not the best wrestler, but he's fucking strong. And yeah. this piece of shit picked a fight with him. And of course, like I told you before, we'd say, all right, I'll meet you at the pond after school. Cause there's this pond right across from our school. And that's what everyone would go to fight. And I and watched, I'm just going to interject real quick. There is nothing less intimidating than saying, I'm going to meet you at the pond. Uh, where you, where we grew up, that was <laughs> a terrifying thing of, I'll see you at the pond. And everyone was well, like, so, Oh shit, we're so going to the pond. We established that the pond was where you go to get to die. The, the pond yeah. was where the throwdown happened, right. you know, basically. <laughs> and I watched the, cause this kid who challenged him, like he had no business challenging anybody to a fight. And I watched this kid, from the wrestling team, just wrestled the shit out of him. Like, shot on him, take him down, put him in headlocks. The guy would be like, fucking quit! Quit! Fucking quit. He's like, fine, you get back up, shoot on him, take him down, put him in a headlock. He's like, none of that wrestling shit! He's like, fuck you. And he's just like, shoot, take him down, right. put him in a headlock. Just like, nonstop. And I'm like, yeah. You challenge a wrestler? That's what you're gonna fucking get. What do you mean, no wrestling? Are you, ta- right. are you no shitting res- me? We're fighting. Go fuck it. You pick whatever style you want. I'll do whatever style yeah. I want. Are you mad you because it. you can't handle this? Because because that's where I would feel comfortable to yeah. some degree. I'm not a striker. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Like, if we start right. neutral, I'd be like... <laughs> I would try to, at my best to, to somehow get to your side, maybe get you in a head throw, get you yeah. on the ground, and then I'd leg lock you or try to do leg riding and, and just like dr- drill your head into the ground with my elbow and crank your shoulder up and maybe break your shoulder. I don't know. That's the best I would do. 
I've thought about this. Um, I was going to say, are you coming? Are you inviting me to the pond? Get you in a double chicken wing. Maybe just, you know, like I, cause the thing is like, I know all the illegal moves, you know, that you're not supposed to do like a full sure, Nelson, yeah. a full Nelson. One of my favorite things I learned of like asking my coach in seventh grade, why is a full Nelson illegal? It's like, well, with a half Nelson, you know, you know, it's like, well, the thing is that the body is built so that your chin can touch your chest. But your forehead is not designed to touch your chest. That's why a full Nelson is illegal. And I was like, ah, gotcha. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Richie says, my cousin got us out of a fight once by stating, do you have any idea who the fuck I am? Which made them double take and leave us alone. FYI, he's no one. Hey. I love, look, you say it with confidence. What you did is you rolled very high in your intimidation check. You rolled like, I wouldn't say it's, it may have been a natural 20. Rolled it. And you've been like, right. everyone's like, fuck it. All right. I don't know. You know, it's common. It was a risk. It yeah. was a risky move. But if you roll high enough, it pays off in, in, uh, yeah, in droves. Yeah, exactly. So it was confidence and it was intimidation. And that's sometimes all it takes. I mean, it's like someone who just, you know, was it Kevin Hart did that thing. He's like, if you go to fight some guy and he just starts slapping his legs going, yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. shit, what am I doing? You know, like, right. what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I had a I had a buddy who who he uh, I just remember this he got in a fight uh, I can't remember I was in it was when I was in the Quad Cities it was one of my friends from down there and he got a fight in a bar down there and he said he knew he learned a lot he goes I learned a lesson that night if you punch a guy in the nose and he does this <laughs> and for those listening and not watching just kind of rubs it sniffs and then looks at you again that's when you go all right I'm gonna walk away from <laughs> like if you can walk away. That's when you don't escalate any further than you already did. I just, you know, it's so funny because when you're a kid, you don't know how to manage most of that stuff. So fighting always seems like an option. As an adult, there's nothing I would want to do less than get into a physical altercation with someone. Right. I just, I, I, you know, I think I probably told this, you know, when it happened. But, you know, I was driving home in the winter, I think, two, two years ago. And this guy was crossing the street at night. I mean, he was like... 5, 30, 6 o'clock, but it's fucking dark during the winter at that point in time, yeah. in a black coat on a dark street, and I was just turning down the road, and I didn't see him, so, like, I wasn't really braking as I was turning. I was just going, yeah. and then, like, I see him, I, like, slam on the brakes, and he comes by, he's, like, yelling. I, For some reason, I was like, oh, what's he want to say? And I rolled down the window. I'm like, and I go, and Natalie's in the car, by the way, while this is happening, yeah. and I go, hey, man, I'm so sorry I didn't see you there. And he goes, you're going too fast. I was like, ah, I don't think so. He goes, yeah, you were. I go, you got a radar gun in your pants? I don't know where that came from. I just fired that out. You got a radar gun? And he was just like taking it back. He's like, you got a smart mouth in that car? And I was literally like, I was like, I had an existential moment. I'm like, is this how this is going to happen? Right. We're going to come to blows right now. Right. On these dark streets <laughs> over this shit. And I go, no, right. I don't. But I go, listen, man, I didn't see you. I was going the speed limit. And just, I I'm sorry. And, I, and part of me, like, I'm glad I didn't say this, but I was like, also, why are you wearing a black coat at night? At night. Like, you're going to get fucking killed, dude. Like, what are, you, right. what are you thinking? Like, just whatever. And then he was just, he's kind of like, well, have a Merry Christmas. I was like, because I also go, dude, I said I was sorry. Like, I was like reiterating, right. like. Man, like I, I honestly stopped because I want to make sure you're okay. Like, are you? Right. He's like, I could have just kept going. Yeah. The fact that I stopped. Yeah. I was like, are you yeah. all right, dude? Like, I'm sorry, I didn't see you. Like, I, I, did, I generally want to make it right. I'm like, this is my neighborhood. This is where I live. Like, I don't want to create problems. He's like, well, right. 
have a Merry Christmas. I'm like, you too, man. And then I drove off and Natalie goes, Dad, Dad, that was really nice of you to stop and talk to that man. I'm like, you have no idea what just happened. And that's probably for the best. You're right, child. Now go to sleep. And I just, I keep thinking like every day to this day, I drive home and I look for that guy. Haven't found him. Dude, I would love if, if, uh, if you did come across him again, if he remembered. Probably not. I'm the guy. He was like, you. I don't think he saw who I was because it was dark. You know, I have a rough idea of what he looks like. And I thought I saw him once. I couldn't be sure, but I'm like, I think that's the guy. I was like, that might be him. fella. Do you want a black jacket? You walk a lot at night. Yeah. Are you an asshole? You almost get hit by a car. Are you an asshole? Yeah. <laughs> if he does find you, the thing is, if he does find you again, you guys can also always rather settle your differences. How, Justin? Welcome to the Throwdown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Throwdown. We're here. Uh, yeah. Doug. Uh. What do we got here? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, goody. All right. I, <laughs> oh, man. goody. Okay. The, uh, the, the council does not disappoint. I'll the council say that has spoken. The council has spoken, and God damn it, we are doing this. <laughs> Jared goes, did Doug nearly hit Santa? Maybe. Uh, Jared goes, the throwdown. The only way to settle minor disputes. Exactly. To the death. Very true. And who has a minor dispute this week, Doug? Well, this week it is... Stuart Little versus Fival Mouskowitz. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed. So Let- here's the thing. I feel like if we go a certain way with the outcome, it's a hate crime. <laughs> well, I think that could go two ways. Um, uh... <laughs> Yeah, it could go two ways based on that. Um, but let's uh, let's let's uh, I'll I'll take Stuart Little since I got him open right here. <laughs> sure, I'm just getting. I would love it if one of them, like they're both labeled do-gooder, but I would like if one of them was just labeled evildoer because we didn't know some backstory that someone wrote out for him. Or he's like do-gooder, and then also occupation, he's a fuckboy or something like right. that. <laughs> Yeah, just like what's the what's his what's his vice boy. you know what's his real vice right. uh, right, let's, uh, let's what do you got all right so he's a student a soccer player a farmer his powers and skills he's smart he has dancing skills he has football skills he's a skilled driver he has claws his teeth and physical strength all right i don't know about physical strength okay goals save snowbell from smoky succeeded save uh, have any abilities He's a, he's a, is he a mouse? Or is he, yeah, he's a mouse. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot as, and there shouldn't be a whole lot mm-hmm. about this guy. Oh, this is a terrifying. Oh, I thought he was like baring his teeth. Terrifying. That, yeah, that's, oh, boy. I mean, full school I've never seen Stuart Little, so I don't know. I have not either. Um, he's Mr. and Mrs. Little's adoptive son. Yeah, I mean, he's a fucking mouse. So that's that's about that, that's the quickest he, rundown I could he, do for he's him. He's a fucking mouse. Hey, who's Forget this fucking it. mouse? Uh, you want to take us? Stuart Little, the there's a movie that everyone like claims is like just such a it, it's an unassuming movie, but everyone's like in love with it. Is it Stuart Little? Is it Paddington Bear? Is that what you're thinking? That's of? the one. Sorry, that's Paddington. Yeah, Paddington. Okay. Anyway, 
Big difference. Pull up nothing. All right. Um, Fievel Mouskovitz. All right. He is uh, an adventurer. That's his occupation. Um, powers and skills. He's got imagination, agility, and lassoing skills. Huh? Fievel is a naturally quick, agile, and likely had all the usable. And likely had all the usable, usual abilities for a mouse. I can't read tonight. <laughs> Such as enhanced senses. His most powerful tool was always his mind. And he showed great intelligence and wisdom throughout the series despite his... Well, you know what I think is funny is under his powers and abilities, guess what? Intelligence isn't listed there. Right. Imagination is. Who wrote is. this fucking thing? <laughs> it very specifically says that Stuart Little's that his, his powers and skill is smart. I don't... I feel like there's a... We got a flaw. We got a flaw here, ladies and gentlemen. There's a glitch in the matrix here. Uh, so what's the goal of Stuart Little? Uh, let's see here. Uh, fuck boy. That's all it says. Um, the goal of Fievel is to get rid of the cats, except Tiger, uh, and wow. to find his family. Cats. Uh, Stuart Little is save Snowbell from Smokey, which he succeeded. Save Margolo from the Falcon, succeeded. Save Rico from the Bee, succeeded. And reunite with his family, succeeded. Great. Okay, so we'll say based off of the amount of goals, Stuart Little seems more accomplished than Fievel. Yeah. And he's rescued someone from a falcon? That's yes. not easy. Yes. That is not easy to do. And from the beast, whatever that is. Right, exactly. Crossover with Beauty and. Right. Yeah. So, and uh, but Fievel has got some lassoing skills. He could tie up Stuart Little. I mean... His tail. <sighs> I mean, Fievel, yeah, I mean, I'd say Fievel gets a, a bit of a, a, you know, sort of like extra points because the time in which he was adventuring was, you know, was like what, early 20th century or late uh, 19th century? Yeah, yeah we're going to say that. Um, I don't see a year on here, but it was, yeah. Back in the day when people were coming over to... Uh, Maybe yeah. been late 1800s then. I w we're gonna say yeah, it was coming over in a boat, so it was probably that. Yeah. So for him to to come to come over and survive, like that's huge kudos. I mean, Stuart Little. I mean, look at him; he's wearing fucking tennis shoes and khakis and a sweater. I mean, this guy he shops at the Gap. I mean, this guy is living the life of luxury. But I mean, right. to, to also be fair, I mean, Are those he's wearing Chuck Taylors. Maybe. Right. Jared says uh, Stephen Hawking had intelligence and he, had, he, he was winning no fights. Well played, Richie. Well played. Um, uh, Stuart Little never left New York and Fievel went west. I mean, I, I, do, I do have to say there's probably some grit there with Fievel. Like, there's... True. I think he's naive. I think he's a naive uh, Fievel's mouse. seen some shit that we didn't see in the movie. Yeah. You know Fievel saw some shit. He did, but Stuart, he was also Stuart pretty... Stuart Little looks super preppy, too. He does. He said... But he's also, I mean, again, he seems pretty intelligent, and he saved people from very dangerous creatures. So, this is a tough one. I feel like for the sake of maybe just raw physicality, I think I'm, I'm going to go with Fievel. But really? I think Stuart Little has the intelligence that maybe he could figure something out, adapt in a way, but Fievel has imagination. So I don't know if that works in his favor. I think for raw, just physical ability, I think Fievel definitely has an the, advantage. 
under powers and skills, they list for Stuart Little's claws and teeth and physical strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't say anything about physical strength or his claws. It's true. He's got two two teeth up in the front there, uh, you know. Jerry from Tom and Jerry would is, fuck them both up at the same time. Yes, he would. Well, that goes without saying. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like uh, as much as I I I favor Fievel, uh mm-hmm. as far as story goes, uh, I just feel like Stuart Little's taken this one. He's had uh, he fought a hawk, man. Yeah, he's also a skilled driver. I mean. By the way, it's a falcon, yes. you fucking idiot. Not a hawk. Did I say Jeez. hawk? Sorry. Jesus Christ. Like, that changes everything. Ugh. God. That sometimes, changes everything. Sometimes it's like, you know. From the winter soldier to the falcon <laughs> and everything in between. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- uh, I think on paper, yeah. Stuart Little is, uh, is, is the one based on those abilities. Fievel just seems a bit naive. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think he's sur- he survived more. But I think Stuart Little. I think I get, with the smarts and you know him saying he's he's strength and he's you know what he's accomplished. I think I I I think I have to give it to him. If it was if it was Fievel as an adult, because right now Fievel's a still you know an adolescent or a child. So if it was Fievel, maybe he's learned some things along the way. But if we're going based off of what we have here, we got to go. You have it. Stuart Little, making it happen. Oh, the win. Win. Well, that was just a hoot and a half. That was so much fun. Oh, my God. We didn't. We'll save it for next week. Yeah, we'll save it for for next time. I realize. Didn't even think about it. We missed missed an ass practical Doug, but we will will get to it. Tune in next week. Well, actually, no. Tune in Thursday. Yeah, so. Oh, God. Hold on. What? I moved my whole Jesus Christ. You moved your whole Jesus Christ? Dude, that is a Herculean effort. I know, right? That statue is heavy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get around to it, but uh, tune in Thursday uh, to hear it. But go ahead, Doug. Hello, everyone, and my deepest apologies. Uh, the recording just happened to stop right here uh, at, at, at the end of the show. Uh, you're just missing Justin and I do our recommendations and uh, are doing our normal sign-offs of where to follow us on our podcast you know, on social medias and things like that, you know, at MindGap Podcast. Uh, so apologies, uh, technical difficulties are abound. But that being said, um, feel free to check us out on all our social medias at MindGap Podcast. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel, uh, MindGap Podcast there, and follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and you all have a dandy fucking week. MindGap Podcast.